This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There is a space between reality and fantasy. Between light and dark. Between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called Lotus. Bon Appetit. The ceiling was white and smooth, like a veil of snow hovering above me. I followed its even surface with my gaze until I spotted something dark. I narrowed my eyes, peering into the blackness. A crack. It was a crack. Sticking out from my ceiling like an ugly sore, it made me stir uncomfortably. I was frustrated. It was the third night in a row that I could not sleep. I shifted to my side and felt the bed also shift underneath me, creaking. The bed sheets were wrinkled all around me, and I felt hot and sticky. I closed my burning eyes and tried to will the sleep upon myself, but it was all useless. I sat up in my bed, emerging out of hot, messy sheets. There was one more thing I could do, I decided, so I headed for the kitchen. Yet another cup of tea, plain chamomile. I hated the taste, but wasn't that supposed to put you to sleep? So I drank it slowly, and I waited, glancing at the clock on the wall in frustration. My mother always told me that I thought too much. Maybe she was right, but how can anyone go on through life without thinking? Better to think too much than too little, I figured. So I drank my tea and let my thoughts race through my mind. My skull felt the pressure from the lack of sleep and from all the things that I knew I had to do and accomplish, sleep or no sleep. There was a noise outside, and I went to the window, staring out. The darkness was broken by several streetlights, standing tall as if on guard. Underneath them, I could see the neighbors, the numerous apartment buildings stretching into the dark, disappearing into the alley. With my tea finished, I got into bed again, hopeful that it would have the desired effect. If this continued, I would have to get some sleeping pills, I thought, as I closed my eyes, the darkness all around me covering me up. Just like the previous nights, tonight was again a restless torture instead of a peaceful slumber. You look tired. A statement, not so much a friendly remark. It was uttered as a request to take care of myself, and not out of polite concern. When did we stop being polite to each other, I wondered irritably. 
I turned and faced the man who, to my disappointment, was very handsome and well put together. Of course, he got all the sleep he needed, I thought with a pang of jealousy. Then Daniel smiled, that familiar, charming smile painting itself on his attractive face. You gotta take care of yourself. We need you alive next week. He winked in his usual playful manner. Damn, he's got a nice smile, I thought. I always had a crush on him, ever since I first met him. So far, our interactions were just mild flirtations. Is that all you care about? The presentation? I teased back. Oh, come on. You're a killer and we need you, you know that. When we walk into that room next week, you want us to own it, right? Right, I shot back a bit too enthusiastically. Gotta bring it down a notch, no need to look hysterical. All right, all right. Daniel was smiling, his head bobbing up and down. Go get some coffee. We gotta go over some changes and improvements. We still have stuff to iron out. You game? Yeah, I'm game. I turned towards the hall and walked away full of confidence. Excellent exit, I thought, walking away with poise, feeling good and probably looking good, too. I hoped he was watching. At my desk, I slumped over the papers and sketches on my computer, looking for my notes, my head in a fog. Sleep or no sleep, we were pitching the new project in a week, and if it didn't get the funding, well, then my whole team was done. The pressure was on. This was it. And the strain building in my head grew rapidly, reminding me that it was very real. You coming? I looked up and Nate was staring at me, his eyes peeking out from under his dirty cap. He was scruffy looking, and his shirt always had stains. What a contrast to Daniel he was. I'll be there in a second, I said as I searched through stacks around my computer. Holy shit, your eyes, he was pointing out, almost excited. Don't people have manners anymore? Go away, Nate, I said, annoyed. He let out a snort and left. I grabbed a pile of my stuff, and while balancing it all in one hand and a coffee in another, I headed for the Mars room, where several people were already gathered, sketches in hand. They looked at me, disappointment on their faces. They all seemed to be asking, how dare you keep us waiting? How dare you show up late? Walking out of the office, my head was heavy, and I felt numb. That day I made the decision to go get some sleeping pills. The thought of falling asleep artificially was always frightening to me, but I had no other options. I had to get some rest. As I walked on, somebody grabbed me by my shoulder from behind. I turned, startled. Hey, you. Daniel was grinning at me, a large package in his hands. Nice work today, little genius. Will you finish the last of the plans at home, then? Yeah. I smiled wearily. Well, you'll need this. He extended the package towards me take it. What is that? It's huge. Something to help you relax. You need some sleep, Naomi. He winked, and I was wondering if perhaps he was flirting with me a bit more than usual. I took the package and was taken aback by how heavy it was. I stared at the brown paper wrapped around it. What is this? Did you get me a pile of bricks to exhaust me into sleep? Here, Daniel smiled as he unwrapped the top part so I could look inside. I peeked in, and a bright pink face stared back. I realized it was a giant flower bloom peering up at me. I looked up at Daniel. It's a lotus, he exclaimed. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I did not expect a lotus plant. Where did he even get it, 
I wondered. Here, let me help you carry it home, he offered, and grabbed it out of my arms. With the heavy weight no longer pressing on me, my body suddenly got light and easy, and I felt sleep coming on, so I yawned. Oh, it's working already, Daniel smiled and nodded his head for me to follow him. We walked through the busy street in silence. I watched him carrying the giant package, carefully balancing it in his arm, walking fast, full of excitement. I trailed after him, exhausted and foggy, but slightly amused by the flower and the gesture. Its large flower bloom was fresh on my mind, and the intense fuchsia of its petals was comforting and delightful. I realized I was slowly falling asleep while standing at the lights, so I leaned on Daniel for support and closed my eyes. Just a bit more. Almost there, he said quietly in my ear. I never realized until that moment just how soothing his voice was. In a moment, my body would have slid onto the road, but then he gave me a quick push, and we were on our way again. You haven't moved, have you? He inquired quietly. I shook my head without saying anything, hoping he would see my head moving. The sleep was coming on so strong now I could hardly speak. My feet stumbling, my arms wiry and light. I followed him like a child. At the door, I obediently handed him my keys and we went in. He walked right into my bedroom, self-assured, and planted the lotus on my bedside table, unwrapping it carefully. I looked on, not saying a word following his hands as they ripped the brown wrapping paper around the plant. It was a beautiful, large plant, unlike anything I had ever seen before. The bottom was a blue clay pot that turned into another translucent material and got clear towards the top, so one could see there was water filling the whole thing. On the top, there were broad leaves and several fuchsia lotus flowers, large and intense, gently floating. The motion was so calming, I felt I could stare at it for hours. Where did you find this thing? I asked, incredulous. Do you like it? I love it. Thanks. I smiled at him and realized he was giving me the look. So he was interested in me after all. I wondered if he was trying to sleep with me when he walked over to me and put his hands on my shoulders. I thought this would help you get some sleep. Relax your mind a little. He was looking into my face his large, dark eyes deep and intense. A wave of excitement passed through my body. I nodded. My heart was beating fast. I figured he would lean over and kiss me. But to my disappointment, he only smiled, then turned and walked out of my room. I followed after him. Do you want a drink? He turned and smiled at me, that charming, confident smile I knew so well. No, you should get some sleep. We still have lots of work tomorrow. I love the lotus, I said as he was walking out. My pleasure. He pretended to tip an invisible hat and winked, walking out of my front door. I went over to my room and stared at the giant lotus. Its beauty was a bright, colorful spot against my plain white wall. As I stared at it, the leaves and the flowers floated carelessly on water, and my mind became calm the pressure slowly lifting. My head got so light suddenly, I could rest it on my pillow and finally be comfortable, the familiar feeling drifting into me. I closed my eyes and felt them burn, the darkness extending into nothingness. That night, I did not dream. My mind was blank, 
savagely gulping down the rest I needed so badly. The next day I went to the office early, fully refreshed and ready for anything. Daniel was already in, leaning over his computer, looking over new markups of the sketches we were working on. He felt me eyeing his back and turned around. Well, look who is all better. Good morning. Hey, you. I approached him shyly. Glad you are here. I actually need your expertise, he motioned for me to come over. I don't think this connection here will work, you see, between these two lines. I'm worried the oxygen supply here will get cut and then the whole thing will jam, so I was thinking, if we eliminate this whole line altogether and increase the diameter of these two supplies, we can actually get this working smoother. Nothing gets cut, nothing jams. He was making the necessary changes as I spoke. I saw him shaking his head. What? I asked, self-conscious. You are so good at this. I can't believe it sometimes. He gave me a gentle push, as if playing around. Well, let's see if the others see the value in this design and we get funded, I said nervously, and felt the pressure creeping back into my shoulders. I wondered what the other teams would come up with. What if their work was more novel, more interesting, more efficient? My palms got wet. Let's get a coffee, Daniel said suddenly and jumped to his feet. He was always so relaxed, so at ease. I envied him for that. He didn't always come up with the most brilliant work, but his easy manner made up for it. He kept the whole team going because his attitude was somewhat contagious. Not to mention that he was very charming. I frequently saw other women eyeing him, and I was also careful not to stare at him for too long. Here, Daniel handed me a coffee, and I sipped it slowly, savoring the rich taste. I finally slept. Can you believe it? Yes, he said with confidence. Thank you again. I smiled, trying to catch his eye, picturing him in my bedroom again, right next to my bed. No need to thank me, he laughed. I know how intense you can get. Just another way to help you think of something else besides work. Enjoy. He gave me that look again, the look that was more than just a glance, something that was meant to pierce and to evoke desire. I decided that yes, he was interested in me. I wondered how far I could take this. Could I get him to crave me? To want me? Even if I could, would it be wise, given that we work together? We headed for our desks, bending over our own work. I worked mechanically, my mind focused and at ease, attacking every problem one by one, not taking any breaks. I didn't notice as the day passed by and it was starting to get dark. I felt a hand on my shoulder and turned to see Daniel staring at me. Have you at least had lunch? Huh? He laughed and shook his head. Really, Naomi, are you trying to kill yourself? Here. He went into his pocket and pulled out a package. Take it. I took a protein bar from him, our hands touching briefly. Don't stay too late. Go home, look at your lotus, and go to sleep, he said, as he headed towards the elevator. I smiled to myself while I ate the protein bar. My body was full of needles floating in my bloodstream, all excitement at thinking about his hands on my body. How I miss that feeling. That night I stared at the lotus for hours, but to my frustration, nothing happened. As soon as I felt the pressure come off, another worry or a dark thought would attack me out of nowhere, my brain clinging to it all like a maniac. I stared at the plant, 
feeling helpless. Its bright colors were beautiful, exotic, inviting. I went up to it and stroked its large, soft petals. They felt fresh and delicate between my fingers, perfectly moist and full of life. I put my face against one flower and let it caress my skin. I got a sudden jolt of pleasure on my cheek, where the petal had touched. What a beautiful plant, I thought, stroking it carefully. I remembered back to my childhood, when things were so simple. I remembered my mother sharing violet candy with me. She always had violet candy in her purse, and if I behaved, she would give me a piece. It tasted delicate, like violets, and I always wanted to chew on a violet flower to find out if it tasted just like my mom's candy did. I recalled its taste in my mouth, and it filled me with warmth and joy at the memory of my childhood. How wonderful it was to be with my mother, feeling protected and cherished at every moment. I would do anything to feel like this again. I leaned close to the lotus and smelled it, but to my disappointment, it did not have a smell. I wonder, I thought to myself, I wonder if... Before I knew it, I was chewing on its delicate petal. How good that first bite had been. Like a warm embrace, like a life of endless carelessness. I closed my eyes while I slowly chewed on the next petal, enjoying its subtle flavor. Before I knew it, I ate the entire flower. Only its stem was left poking out of the water. I looked at it in disbelief as the stem dropped gently to the bottom of the pot. The second flower floated up to me, as if offering itself for my consumption. Without giving it much more thought, I ripped off a petal and put it in my mouth, its gentle texture filling me with warmth. I closed my eyes, savoring it. I never realized flowers were so delicious. It was such a great comfort, exactly what I needed at that moment. I closed my eyes in ecstasy as I ate the second flower whole. Before long, all the flowers were gone. I looked at the empty pool of water with a few leaves still floating around. I thought about eating the leaves, too, but decided it was probably a good time to stop. I looked around and realized the room was filled with soft light. I went around the room, touching my things in amazement. They were all so blurry, but I liked it. The feelings of warmth and thoughtlessness were all over me, and I cherished it. I kept looking around the room and noticed the fuzziness got worse, and things appeared to move now as if swaying gently. I smiled to myself, swaying with them as if approving of the whole scene, my body drunk with euphoria. Then I realized I must be floating on air. So wonderful this feeling was. What a beautiful room. I looked at my bed and saw the bedsheets appeared to be vibrating. They had never looked more inviting or cozy than at that moment. I climbed in and felt so comfortable there, so safe. Before I knew it, I was drifting into a deep sleep. Oh, how wonderful that sleep was. I remember it so clearly. Warm, sunny dreams, violet candy, and my mom. And most importantly, no responsibilities whatsoever. My eyes opened and the light hit me like a punch. On the next episode of Lotus. As she passed, I noticed a bouquet of flowers poking out of the bag. A beautiful bouquet of roses, I noted. Suddenly I imagined how their delicate petals would taste. I imagined their delicious smell filling my nostrils as I chewed them slowly. I was overtaken by a wonderful feeling of lightness 
the desire so intense I felt elated. Lotus, a crawlspace media production of a pyrational story. Narrated by Gabra Zachman. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.